Guni writes that Yaakov wished to show greater honor to Ephraim and moved only his hand, but did not ask Ephraim to come to his right side, as that would have embarrassed Menashe, the Bechor. In addition, Yaakov foresaw that it would be Ephraim's descendants who would be greater than those of Menashe. The word ki, Menashe Bechor, then, means even though Menashe was the Bechor. The Netziv in the Hamek Dover writes that Yaakov purposefully did not move the brothers around because Menashe remained the Bechor and continued to receive all the visible manifestations of this firstling. He alluded to this fact by leaving his right foot aligned with Menashe. However, in the matters of ruchnius, of spirituality, it was Ephraim who took precedence, hence the switching of the hands. One could say in explaining this, that the hands are close to the head and noticeably more controlled by one's intellect than the feet, which tend to serve the body more. The alignment of the feet refers to physical gashmias, whilst the switching of the hands refers to ruchnius. This may also explain the posture of Kohanim during their Birchas Kohanim with their feet joined together and the arms outstretched. Further to the Nitziv, the Sefer Yalkut Peninim suggests the reason for Jacob switching his hands. Like the Nitziv, the right hand he feels is more connected with the brain which controls fine motor skills and reflects calm, collected, cool, rational thought and not being controlled or overruled by emotion. The left hand, however, is closer to the heart, which represents emotions, desire, and intuition. Ephraim, as the youngest son, had a greater propensity towards emotional, impulsive aspects, which could lead him to act based on his feelings alone. Yaakov therefore places his right hand on him, telling him that he must allow himself to mature and to allow his intellect to rule over him. On the other hand, the Nashir of the Horn was already settled in his life, and for him, Yaakov felt it important to impart the message of the necessity of having emotions no matter one's age. Two Sephardi customs I wish to mention that were not performed outside in the rain by our Rabbi Cohen. But these two Sephardi customs reflect Shimon Emmanuel's partial Sephardi background. In the first, when the mother sees the Kohen rising to hold the child, she begins to wail, fearing her child will be taken from her. And she acts that out in a dramatic way in the Gideon Aben ceremony. Only after the money is handed to the Kohen does she calm down. In another custom, which is so poignant and beautiful, the Kohen addresses the baby as follows. Dear Shimon Emmanuel, when you were in your mother's womb, you were in the Rashus, in the domain of your father in heaven, and in the domain of your mother. Now you are in my domain, as I am a Kohen, and your father and mother are asking to redeem you as you are a sanctified Bechor. Unbelievable, poignant, 
beautiful message that the Kayan addresses to this baby. These two precious customs reflect the sentiments of the mother and her sense of impending loss, as well as the charge of the Kohen and the notion of Roshus, of domain. It is as if we have had this little baby pass through three separate domains in his short span of life so far. The fetal protection of the mother, where the angel Lila taught him Kala Torah Kulo, and he had a ner daluka rosho, umabit And then, as he came into the real world, he became into the virtual domain of the Kohen. And now, finally, back to his present, to his parents. <laughs> Our blessing then reflects the Friday Erev Shabbos blessing of all parents who give to their sons. Yesimcha Elohim May the Lord give you a balance of heart and the mind, the rational and the spirit. And may always the Ephraim precede the Menashe. May your heart guide you above all. Mazel tov, mazel tov.